The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Warm welcome to everybody, wherever you are, from all these different places. Uh, before I turned on the recording, I think it's beautiful that we all come together in this way. And maybe not surprisingly, today I'm going to continue on this series, The Poetry of Practice, and so many things that we could say about poetry, but one thing that we could say is part of its power, part of the way it makes an impact on us, is that it allows us to see things in a different way, maybe from a different perspective, a fresh perspective. And sometimes it's even like a surprising perspective, which can bring a sense of delight or maybe even a sense of like, wait, what? With a twinge of uncertainty or, you know, shake things up a little bit. And I love this about poetry. To be sure, I'm not like a scholar in poetry or literature or anything like that. So I like poetry that has some imagery. And sometimes imagery allows us to consider things or experience things in a different way. So today I'll share another poem that uh, has some imagery. That uh, I really appreciate this poem. And I'll drop in this poem after a short kind of like guided meditation, we have a chance to settle and get quiet. And then we can just allow this poem to enter or touch us in some kind of way without having to analyze it or anything like that during the meditation. Okay, so with that as a introduction, we can take a meditation posture. A figuration of the body, a configuration maybe of the body that expresses our intention to meditate, but also has some ease. Traditionally, this is in a sitting posture with a uprightness, with a steadiness. usually focused around the spine, the spine being upright, the vertebrae stacked on one another and letting the limbs just hang, the arms just hang from that uprightness. Letting the spine be upright and the muscles be relaxed. Feeling into that experience, the experience that is being had now. And this is part of the art of practice, is finding this balance between alertness and relaxation. 
you can begin with feeling grounded, supported. But whatever it is we're sitting on, or standing on, or lying on, or walking on, whichever posture you're in, Feeling the pressure against the body, feeling the contact of the body with the ground, the foundation. And feeling the stability that this contact provides. from this stableness can arise the spine or the sense of uprightness. Tuning into the bodily experience, including the experience of breathing. Feeling the movement of the body as it breathes. The obvious large movements, as well as the more subtle smaller movements without having to dig for them, but more receive them, allow them, welcome them into awareness. Noticing the rhythm of the breathing. There's a way the rhythm itself can be supportive.
inhales and exhales. Transitions between inhales and exhales. Very simply, just this pattern of breathing being repeated. It wouldn't be surprising if the mind wandered and entered into imaginations and stories and thoughts. What if we don't make that a problem? Instead, we recognize that this is what minds do. And we very simply, gently begin again. Tuning into, becoming sensitive to the experience of breathing. Nothing in particular needs to be happening. We're just noticing what's happening. And resting our attention on the sensations of breathing. And can we bring an attitude of warmth and care to this experience, to this moment, and the next moment, and the next? Softening any harshness. 
bringing a sense of presence to the moment. Being present for the experience of breathing.
I'm going to drop in a poem. Nothing you have to do with this poem, just allow it to be received. At the end of this meditation, after I ring the bell, I'll give the name of the poem and the poet. But now just allow the poem to be experienced. The poem goes like this. In the secret temple of my heart was an altar with nothing on it. I love nothing, the pure potential of it. Sometimes when others journeyed here, I sensed they were surprised, perhaps even sorry for me. As if it would be better with a lotus or a cross or a star or a figurine or a photo of someone or a stone, always something. I tried, in fact, to put things on the altar, but no thing let itself stay. There was a day when, in a single moment, the altar had everything on it. And by everything, I mean everything. Every bee, every stick, every plastic bag and beetle, every crushed empty can, every crumpled shirt, every door handle, compass, broken thermometer, apple, trash can, tree, everything. And it was so beautiful, I wept for hours. Oh, the pure potential of it. And then that altar was no longer in some secret temple in my heart, but everywhere. Everywhere a place to worship. Everything a prayer, waiting to be heard, to be touched. And inside, the most beautiful nothing. Not even an altar, which is, oddly, everything. I I can't say how. Sometimes when I'm quiet enough, I notice it. Sometimes when I get out of the way, I fall all the way in.
I'll read the poem again. And the secret temple of my heart was an altar with nothing on it. I love nothing, the pure potential of it. Sometimes when others journeyed here, I sensed they were surprised, perhaps even sorry for me. As if it would be better with a lotus or a cross or a star or a figurine or a photo of someone or stone. Always something. I tried, in fact, to put things on the altar, but no thing let itself stay. There was a day when in a single moment the altar had everything on it. And by everything, I mean everything. Every bee, every stick, every plastic bag and beetle, every crushed empty can, every crumpled shirt, every door handle, compass, broken thermometer, apple, trash can, tree, everything. And it was so beautiful, I wept for hours. Oh, the pure potential of it. And then that altar was no longer in some secret temple in my heart, but everywhere, everywhere a place to worship. Everything a prayer waiting to be heard, to be touched. And inside the most beautiful nothing. Not even an altar, which is oddly everything. I can't say how. Sometimes when I'm quiet enough, I notice it. Sometimes when I get out of the way, I fall all the way in.
So this poem has a curious title. It's a very long title. And I'll say the poet is Rosemary Traumer. She spells her first name like, like Merry Christmas. Rosemary Traumer, a beautiful, wonderful poet. And the title of this poem is After Reading What's in the Temple by Tom Barrett, I Considered His Question. So Tom Barrett is another poet who wrote a poem called What's in the Temple. So again, the title of what I just read is After Reading What's in the Temple by Tom Barrett, I Considered His Question by Rosemary Traumer. 